0: Hey there, it's Lauren Hooker, and this is the podcast version of my weekly LChat live stream. The video version of this episode has some really useful visuals, a comment section to interact with other viewers, and even a short Q&A at the end. So if you want to check that out, head on over to ellencompanydesign.com slash LChat, where you'll find this and lots of other episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey there, and welcome to Lchat, Chat, a weekly power hour of practical tips and strategies to help you start and scale your creative business. I'm your host, Lauren Hooker, and in today's episode, I'm sharing several time-saving hacks for busy entrepreneurs, 24 to be exact. As a business owner, you wear several different hats and juggle many roles, all of which take time, and chances are you probably don't have many hours to spare. I'm all about efficiency and productivity, so I rounded up my favorite time-saving hacks to help you create a little more room in your busy schedule. Let's dive in. But with that being said, I would love to just jump right in to this week's topic, which is 24 time-saving hacks for busy entrepreneurs. If you have started a business, whether it's on the side or maybe you are full-time, you know that there just aren't enough hours in the day seemingly to get it all done. Um, I know especially when I was pursuing Ellen Company on the side and working a regular nine to five job, the way that I used those hours, whether it was at night or on the weekends, was extremely important and I didn't want to waste any time. So if I could find any workarounds, any ways to save time, I would would take them. Um, And so throughout these last three and a half, four years of running Ellen Company, I've come across a lot of time hacks that I thought would be helpful to share with y'all. 24 of them to be exact, one for every hour of the day. Um, And I'm just going to dive right in to the content, not wasting any time here. All right. So number one is to schedule social media. Um, I took a peek just a second ago at the questions and I'll I'll answer this in more detail um, in a moment. But scheduling social media can free up your time um, a lot. So if you are just posting to social media whenever you get the opportunity, whether it's to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or even Pinterest, um, you're having to check in throughout the day. And you're probably checking in not only to post new content, but to um, comment back if you get any comments, reply to comments, Um, and just see how that post is doing. So what I found really, really helpful was to use a scheduling tool for social media. So I started out using Buffer. Buffer was great because you could set a schedule. So for me, we set up 11 tweets on Twitter, because Twitter is a really fast-moving social media platform. Um, So 11 tweets on Twitter, I think three Facebook posts a day, and so on. So we came up with a schedule of how often we wanted to post. And back when I didn't have assistance, I would go into Buffer every morning and just schedule out social media. And then it got to the point where I started batching that task and just spending like every Friday afternoon, maybe for an hour, maybe a little less, going and filling up that content queue, filling up that schedule. So I'd hunt down helpful links. Um, I'd even go ahead and create links for my blog post so I could link to it in there and create graphics um, just to knock it out all at once. And then maybe once a day I would check in, whether it was at the end of the day, um, to follow up with comments and things. So scheduling social media can be extremely helpful. That way you aren't um, distracted during your workday trying to check in or thinking, man, I haven't posted to Facebook today. I should probably post and um, and jumping on and and wasting time there. So I found out too very quickly. I don't know about y'all, but a little confession: if I go to post on social media, I'll probably waste another 30 minutes scrolling through other people's posts on social media. So, by scheduling um, social media posts, whether it's using Buffer, CoSchedule, Meet Edgar is another really great platform that we use now to schedule Ellen Company social media posts. Um, you don't even have to go on Instagram or go on. Twitter or Facebook and get distracted. It will automatically post for you. So that's a great task to go ahead and take care of once a week. Just fill up your queue um, and don't worry about it again. Number two is to push one post out to several platforms. So you don't have to create new content for every single platform. You can create it once, and use it for Twitter, use it for Facebook, maybe even use it for Instagram as well. Repurpose that content. I know Buffer allows you um, to create one post and push it out to multiple platforms at once. So I would create one post for Twitter with a link and just push it out to Facebook as well. That way I wasn't creating different posts for every social media platform. Um, It is good to vary your content. Of course with Twitter you only have a limited number of characters but um, pushing it out to multiple platforms saves you time something else that I didn't mention with point number one with actually scheduling social media was that it also forces you to be really intentional with the type of content that you're sharing. So I found that when I was just posting kind of haphazardly and thinking, oh, I need something to post today, I wasn't being very strategic in what I was sharing and when I was sharing it. But when I plan it out ahead of time, I can think, of how I might be able um, to use posts to work together or be more strategic about what I'm sharing and when I'm sharing it. So really consider using one of those schedulers. Um, my favorites are Buffer and Meet Edgar, um, but I know a lot of people who use CoSchedule and Hootsuite and enjoy those too. Um, number three, close out of browser windows. It seems so simple. I don't know about you, but I could have a million browser tabs open at once, usually about 10. Um, I get sidetracked and I just have a million on Chrome or Safari. And what happens is the ones that I leave up the most often, well, my inbox and maybe even social media. So every time that I get a notification, I can see it in the little browser tab and I get distracted especially with email. If I see a new email has come through or something like that, um, I'll go ahead and look and see what the email was and then return back to whatever I was doing. That can be so distracting, not to mention if it's an email that um, I'm thinking about a lot or needs some attention, but I don't get back to it right away. It's just hanging over my head. So if I can't um, get to it, I should just X out of it. So lately, especially when I'm working on something like a blog post, and it's just not coming easily to me, um, if I have other browser windows open, I'm likely to take a break and go browse whatever it is, whether it's email, social media, um, whatever it might be, and then come back to my work. And so it takes me so much longer to get things done. So what I've started to do is if I'm working on a task online, like writing a blog post in google docs i'll x out of every other browser window so that i can stay on task um, this is especially helpful with email again seemingly simple so helpful number four kind of similar to it is to disable phone notifications um, they're really hard to ignore Um, I found that if something, and I shut them off a long time ago and I don't even think about it anymore. I had notifications for email. I had notifications for social media and then I had people texting me and calling me and it was really distracting throughout my work day. Very hard to ignore. So, um, I removed the temptation now by just getting rid of notifications. If I want to see, um, how a post is doing on Instagram, I have to open up the app and look at it instead of seeing all the notifications pop up. And I heard of a really cool app this week. Um, I'd never heard of it before. I need to download it, honestly. Um, But I thought it would be helpful to mention. I saw someone mention it in their Instagram stories. Um, Is the Moment app. And what it does is it gives a tally of how many times you pick up your phone, how many times you log into certain apps. And it's really eye-opening from what I've heard of because you don't even realize how often you check your phone, how often you go to your phone when you get bored or when you want to procrastinate on a task. So um, disabling phone notifications and and using that Moment app can be really helpful for just setting your phone aside and focusing on your work and, and getting it done. If anyone's used the Moment apps, our app, let me know in the comments. I'd love to hear how it went for you. Number five, point inquiries to your FAQ page. There was a point in time with Ellen Company when the blog started to pick up, and I was sharing all of these tips and strategies. And so people were emailing me asking me um, questions. And I found that I was getting the same kinds of questions over and over again which was fine, and I love when people reach out to me, but it just took up a lot of time to respond to all of these inquiries um, that weren't even client inquiries. It was just people curious about one thing or the other. So what I decided to do was to put my contact page Kind of merge my contact page and my FAQ page. So people had to read through the FAQs before they contacted me. And I even said something along the lines of I may have already answered your question. Feel free to look through the FAQs above before you send me an email. And what it did was it cut back on form submissions. Um, It allowed me to go more in depth on whatever question they were asking, if I had already had a blog post I could link to, or I just had more time to sit down and think it through in the FAQs. It also saved time for both me and the person who was inquiring because they could already have their question answered in the FAQ. And for me, it or one of my assistants who helps with my inbox. um, It just saved us time in the long run, too. So if you find that you're getting a lot of the same questions through your form submission on your website or your contact page, um, think about having that FAQ page or the FAQ section above the contact section on your website. And that can help cut back on the number of emails you receive. Number six, utilize canned responses. Canned responses are form replies, so again, if you get the same questions over and over again or you feel like you're sending the same emails, whether it's to clients or whoever it might be, customers, um, use a canned response. Come up with a form reply um, and then copy and paste it into your email and you can customize it and make it more personable so it doesn't sound like a form email, but it can save you a lot of time. Gmail, um, if you use Gmail, has a really awesome app that's free called Canned Responses. Um, It's built right into the platform, and you can go and turn it on. I don't know the exact steps, but I know I have talked about it on the blog before. You can Google it, Canned Responses. And it allows you to save replies um, and just go to a menu right in your Gmail reply, and choose the canned response you want to use, it already fills up. So you don't even have to copy and paste. It just fills in your reply um, right in the window, and you can go in and customize it. So super helpful. If you don't use Gmail, you might use something like Google Docs or Evernote and just keep a list of canned responses so it can save you time in the long run. You might even go back through old emails that you've written that you've taken a lot of time to write. Go ahead and copy and paste those. Something else that we do, um, and I'm going to talk about workflows in just a second for saving time. But I outline all of my workflows in Trello, and I've started to do it using Asana boards. And so if there's any email in my client process or um, or in any other process, I go ahead and copy and paste that response right on the back of that Trello card or Asana card, and that way I can pull from it right there as well. So either Google Docs or use that canned responses for Gmail app, um, and that can save you so much time in your inbox. Number seven, Boomerang emails. Um, Boomerang is another app for Gmail. Um, There's probably something similar for other platforms like What is it? Apple Mail. Why am I not thinking of it? Any other email platform probably has something similar. What Boomerang does is if you receive an email and you um, can't get to it right now and want to think about it three days from now, it's not urgent, you can Boomerang it and it'll disappear from your inbox so you can still reach inbox zero and it'll reappear in your inbox when you want it to appear. It also allows you um, more control over when you send emails. So maybe you're working part-time. Um, in your business and working in a full-time job and you can't get to your inbox unless it's like 8 or 9 at night. Well you probably don't want to set that precedent with clients that you're emailing them at 9 p.m. because then they're gonna start to email you and expect responses then. Um, So what you might choose to do is boomerang it and schedule it to go out at 8 a.m. the next morning so that it just seems more professional. You can set those um, work hours and boundaries So boomerang is really helpful for when you receive emails and also when you send emails. I know um, even when I was working full-time with Ellen Company and was working some late nights writing blog posts and just trying to get some stuff done, I would go through and write emails um, at night and boomerang them to go out in the next morning um, so I wasn't sending them late at night. And that way, I could batch that task of emails and not worry about the time that I was actually replying to it, because I could schedule it out. Number eight, send short, concise emails. I don't know about y'all, but I have a really hard time of being concise in my emails. But I dread when other people send me really, really long emails that I have to read through. Um, Sending short, concise emails saves time for both parties. A lot of times I feel like I need fillers. Emails really hard because you don't know how someone's reading it or reading into what you're saying. And sometimes really short, direct emails um, I f- feel like could be misunderstood. But it saves so much time for people. Um, so use bullet points if you need to. Just focus on being really short and to the point. To save the other person time as well and save you time. Um, my friend Chaitra, I was really surprised to see this and I thought it was really refreshing. When she emailed me one day, I saw that she said, why is this email so short? Um, find out at three sentences. And I was like, what is that? And She had it in the footer of her email. And I visited the link, and it said something along the lines of, emails can be too long nowadays. Um, I'm going to focus on, you know, writing emails in three sentences or less. And so she just added that to the bottom of her emails to explain, I'm not being short with you. I'm just trying to be mindful of your time. So three dot sentence dot es. Sentence without an e. Um, And I'll link to it in the show notes as well. But I thought that was a really interesting concept and something that I need to be better about as well. Sending short and concise emails. Again, some of these are pretty um, obvious, it would seem. But these little things can build up over time. Um, So implementing things like closing out of browser tabs and short emails can really add up and save you time in the long run. Number nine, prevent long email chains by setting up a meeting. So for instance, a lot of times with my clients, um, we'll take a long time emailing back and forth when it would have been so much easier just to set up a meeting, whether it was a quick phone call or um, a quick Skype call. And we could often communicate so much better through a phone call than we could through email. Um, I would spend probably 30 minutes writing an email to outline all the design decisions I made and one of the revisions I did or something along those lines when I could just pick up the phone and give them a call. And this thought didn't occur to me until I had a client who was basically like, you know what? Email is, is hard for me and it takes me forever. Feel free to just give me a call when you send me your revision. And I thought, why don't I do this more often? Um, same thing with my assistants. If we're just emailing, or we actually use Slack a lot for communication, if we're having to write long paragraphs to each other, or if they're at night we're working together on something and um, they're both not near me, so one is in Alabama and the other is in Virginia. Um, and so sometimes it's easier just to hop on a call together. Um, so that might be a good option for you as well. If you feel like you're taking forever to write emails, or especially with clients, j- jump on a phone call with them. Um, I actually did this this past week. I did send out some pre-order emails for, for Freelance Academy, and. Um, I knew that a lot of people would have questions about the course, which launches on Tuesday. I'm really excited about it. But um, I told people who were on the waiting list that they could call me. And I set up a Google Voice number and allowed people to call me because I knew that it would be much easier, much more personable for me to answer their questions one-on-one for them to hear my voice rather than um, just through email. So if at any point you can set up a meeting instead of setting up an e or taking forever to write an email, do it. Number 10, implement the two minute rule. So the two minute rule when it comes to your inbox is if you're scrolling through your inbox and you can quickly reply to an email in two minutes or less, go ahead and take care of it. Otherwise, you might wanna save it when you can block out more time for your inbox, put more thought into it. Um, That's just a quick, helpful tip for not putting off email. Just go ahead and tackle it if you can in two minutes or less. Number 11, set time limits on meetings. If you feel like meetings run on forever, I know that's the case with me. Um, I love talking to people, and I could talk to my clients all day long. But if I don't set a time limit for when the meeting will end, I found I could talk to my client for an hour or an hour and a half. It's happened before. Um, and so that is not good for either one of us because we could be spending the time um, that we're talking about, whatever it is, not client work um, on other stuff. So I found it really helpful to set parameters. Instead of so saying, I'll meet up with you at 2 o'clock. I usually say 2 to 2.30. And set that time limit so people know um, we need to be off the phone by this time. So that's super helpful. I do this for my team meetings as well so that people can have an expectation. So when I meet with my assistants um, on Skype every month, We have a team meeting all together. I try to say, okay, we're going to meet from 7 to 8, or 7.30 to 8.30. That way we know that we need to cut it off at that time and stay on track with everything that we're going to talk about. Also because I don't want them to have to give up their entire night um, because we could truly talk forever. Number 12, set parameters on meetings. Don't go into meetings without having a focus or something to accomplish. Set expectations for it. Um, If you're emailing back and forth with someone about a meeting, Go ahead and tell them what you want to talk about in the meeting, maybe even outline it for them. It'll help you stay on track. I do this with team meetings too. I don't just say, we're going to have our monthly team meeting. I actually create a Google Doc and I go ahead and outline everything that needs to be covered. I share it with them so we can share notes so they can prepare ahead of time. Um, But it keeps us on track so that if we start talking about our pets or our families or whatever it might be, we can come back to that outline and pick up where we left off. Same thing with clients. Um, I've tried to get in the habit of every time I do meet with them for a longer meeting to outline the meeting so that we can stay on track and so I don't forget anything important. Um, It can save you a lot of time, especially keeping meetings from running on and on. Number 13, schedule calls during travel times. Um, There was a season where I was traveling a lot for conferences and for workshops, um, and I always underestimated how much time traveling took out of my schedule. Um, I also remember having a really long commute on my – on the way to my nine-to-five job and having so much time in the car that I'd usually listen to podcasts or music, um, but that's a great time to schedule calls. So if you are jumping on a call with a client or a peer, um, feel free to schedule it during those travel times. They would just put in my headphones or put in one headphone and call them while I was driving and, and it was fine. Um, Same thing with layovers at the airport. Sometimes I'd have a really long layover, so I'd just go ahead and knock out a call right then. Um, It it freed up my focus time so that when I was actually in front of my computer without any distractions, I could get some work done, focus on more important tasks. Um, But it kind of killed one bird with two stones. Two birds with one stone. That's the saying. Um, So consider, you know, if you have a commute on your way to work and you – you have a lot of client work that's building up, and you feel like you can't talk to clients at night. Maybe eight o'clock in the morning wouldn't be so bad. So, um, think about scheduling a call during that time. Number fourteen: Create templates. Templates are huge for saving time. Um, whether it's blog graphics, content. Um, client homework, whatever it is, create templates. If you feel like you're creating the same thing over and over again, templates can be really helpful. I set up all of my blog graphics um, through templates in Adobe Illustrator. So all I have to do is go in, change the text. I already have the colors and everything ready to go, and save it, and I'm good. Um, if you don't use Illustrator, you might use something like Canva. And they save templates too and make it really easy on you. Content. I go ahead and set up a template for every blog post, newsletter, even these L chats. Um, the content is different on each one, but I go ahead and create a template in a Google Doc that, for the title of the post, when it's going out, um, an outline, a blog post graphic, just so I can remember every single piece. Um, and it really helps with that workflow. So, content through Google Docs is awesome. Client homework. Um, I don't want to have to recreate that every time, so I created my client homework in a Google Doc, and all I have to do is create a copy of it, and I'm good to go. So consider how creating some templates, even if it takes you a lot of time at the forefront, um, it can save you a lot of time in the long run. So what templates can you create um, to help save you time in your workday? 15, utilize workflows. Workflows allow you to work so much more efficiently because you're following the same order in the same process every single time. Um, workflows are crucial, whether it is your workflow for setting up a blog post, or writing a blog post, or um, client work. Super, super helpful to have a workflow from start to finish when you work with clients instead of just winging it every time. I like to outline my workflows I started in Trello and just use a Trello board and for each service or each different task, whether it was onboarding a new client, writing a newsletter, even these L chats, we have a workflow for preparing for it and then sharing it afterward. Um, It's super helpful. You can return back to it and um, it'll save you a lot of time as well. You get faster the more and more you work through a process like that too. Now we went from Trello to Asana. Um, Asana has boards now, and so I just have one project in Asana, one Asana board, and I have workflows so that my assistants can also see what task needs to be done and when. Um, So if you haven't outlined your workflows, even if it's just in Google Docs or Evernote or something like that, map out your workflows because it's going to save you so much time in the long run instead of coming up with a new system every time you do something. It allows you to work so much more efficiently. Number 16, create an editorial calendar. Editorial calendars are awesome because they force you, just like with scheduling social media, to really be intentional about the content you're sharing and when you're sharing it. So come up with a list of topics for your blog and schedule them into your calendar. Oops, there we go. Schedule them into your calendar. What I like to do is brainstorm topics across my different categories. So try to come up with a topic for my design category. Try to come up with a topic for for business, social media, so that I can kind of um, spread out the content a little so it isn't all heavy on one category. Then I look at the month and try to schedule out the posts in advance. Um, and that allows me to not only prepare for the content instead of the night before um, a blog post is supposed to go live, scrambling and trying to figure out what I'm going to write about, um, but it is also really helpful for batching tasks. So if I know what I'm going to be writing about, I can sit down all at once and create blog templates for the entire month. I can create those Google Doc templates um, for the outlines for the entire month, and batching those tasks can save you so much more time instead of doing them at random here and there. Um, So creating an editorial calendar will save you so much time and stress, um, whether it's for your blog or whether you host webinars or your mailing list, um, any type of content that you're creating, consider mapping it out ahead of time and batching tasks to save you time. Number 17, focus on one task at a time. So many of us, especially because we have so many things to do, try to multitask. And actually, Harvard Business Review claims that focusing on more than one thing decreases your productivity by 40% and lowers your IQ by 10 points. I found that so interesting. They claim also that only 2% of people can multitask efficiently. I think in our culture, we're so used to multitasking and trying to do more things at once. Um, but really, if you just focus on one task at a time, you can get so much more done, and you can do a better job at what you're working on. So try to focus on just one task at a time. Like I said, close out a browser windows when you're working on something. Turn off phone notifications um, and just focus on getting it done. Uh, also consider setting a time limit. So if... You are, for example, keep bringing up blogging, but I'll go there again. If you're writing a blog post, set a time limit. Say, I want to be done writing this blog post in an hour um, and focus on just that blog post. I know when I cut out distractions, I'm able to write so much quicker than I thought I would be able to. So focus on one task at a time. Eighteen, utilize time blocking. So time blocking is setting a certain amount of time or setting really a time limit on your tasks. So it's kind of putting bookends on your time instead of saying, okay, I need to write this blog post. Instead, you're saying, I'm going to block out one hour to write this blog post. So it puts a little pressure on you to get the task done in the allotted amount of time. Um, it kind of forces you to cut back on distractions. I like to play a little game with um Maybe it's just me. I have to play games with myself in order to get tasks done. Um, But I like to play beat the clock. So if I um, know that I have a bunch of tasks to do that day, I kind of go through the top priorities and set a time limit for each one. And then I try to play beat the clock and get them done under that amount of time. Um, And if I get it done in less time than I allotted, then... I don't know if I really win a prize. Maybe I should start providing an incentive, like I get to go to Starbucks or something like that and get my favorite drink. Um, But I like to play those little games with myself and see how much time it it will really take me. Um, So look at all that needs to be done. Set your priorities, maybe set your top three priorities. I find that really helpful. Look at how much time you have to work. So if you're working part time and and pursuing your business on the side, if you come home and say you're gonna work from six to eight and you have a blog post to write and um, some client work to do, maybe you set an hour aside for the blog post and an hour aside for client work and block block out your time that way and try to play beat the clock instead of leaving it open-ended. Um, I found that that's a great way to set boundaries, too, on your time. Um, So, utilize time blocking. Number 19 utilize time tracking. So this is kind of the opposite of time blocking. Instead, you're just tracking how much time things actually are taking you. I found that I tend to be really generous when I estimate my time and say, oh, that task only took me a couple hours. And then when I actually time track using something like toggle, I find out, oh, it took me five hours instead of the two hours that I thought it was going to take me. Um, So, tracking time is super helpful, especially with client work. I found that when I was working on client work, I would think it was only taking me an hour or two to come up with some logo concepts, when in reality it was taking six hours. So, I was pricing myself way too low because when I counted up all of the hours that a project actually took me from start to finish, I was getting paid way less than minimum wage. So start tracking your time, especially with client projects, especially if you don't do um, pricing by the hour and you do packages. Start tracking your time so you see how much time you're actually spending on projects. I bet it'll be super eye-opening for you. Um, It was very eye-opening for me. I also have my assistants track their time. Um, Not only for their hours that I can pay them accordingly, but also so I can see how much time tasks are actually taking them and if it's worthwhile to assign them those tasks. Um, So it's really helpful for me to be able to monitor their time, not to micromanage them, but just to see um, if certain tasks are worth passing off or, or if we should be focusing our time on other areas. So 19 was utilize time tracking. Number 20, conquer your least favorite task first. Um, My husband Jake and I have been married for five years, and it didn't take me very long to start realizing that when I would cook a meal, he would eat his least favorite part of the meal first. And he would just try to get it out of the way. Usually it's like salad or veggies so that he could focus on his favorite part of the meal um, and enjoy it from there on out. So I thought that approach was so funny, but if I went ahead and did that with my work and got my least favorite task out of the way, I'd probably enjoy the rest of the day a lot more. I found that I tend to procrastinate a whole lot more on the tasks that I don't look forward to doing. I think all of us are guilty of that. Um, So if we just focused on doing those tasks first and getting them out of the way, we'd enjoy the rest of our work day. And we, of course, not aren't going to procrastinate on tasks that we really enjoy doing. So my challenge to you this week is to focus on your least favorite task first so that you can just get it out of the way. Um, And it'll give yourself something to look forward to, especially if if you have other tasks um, that you're excited about, excited to work on. Just go ahead and get the other tasks out of the way. So eat your vegetables first <laughs> and follow that same practice in your business. Um, 21. Use a project management system. Um, this is huge, especially with workflows, tasks. Um, a project management system, if you're not already using one, will be revolutionary for you and how you spend your time We use Asana, and I'm a huge fan of it. It's free. It's really easy to use and user-friendly. It keeps track of all of your tasks and projects so that you aren't overlooking anything. We really, it's our home base for Ellen Company is Asana. Um, And if you don't, Keep even just a to-do list of what you should be doing. You're going to be wasting so much time, not spending your time wisely because you aren't keeping track of what needs to be done. Um, again, sounds so simple, but can really be revolutionary. Um, I found Asana helpful too. I have a planner and I list important tasks in my planner, but Asana is super helpful because I can see it from my desktop. I can see it from my phone. It plugs right into Slack for my team. It's huge. It's huge. Um, so especially if you hope to hire an assistant someday, have a team using Asana will be really helpful too, because you'll already have a system, um, and a home base for your team through Asana. So, uh, or whatever you use, whether it's Trello, Basecamp, um, a project management system will be extremely helpful and revolutionary in your business. And if you're interested, I have, um, I have a couple posts on Asana that I'll link to in the show notes so you can see exactly how we use it and set things up, and hopefully that will be helpful for you. Number 22, batch small tasks and errands. I found that a lot of really simple tasks that might only take me 10 minutes um, tend to cut into my time that I'm spending doing more important tasks, so I like to batch them. Um, and kind of block out a time to go ahead and tackle them all. Or if I have to run errands, I try to keep them all to the same day of the week and go ahead and run them all at once. If I have to go to the grocery store and the post office and do all of those things, I'm going to knock it out all at once so I don't have to make multiple trips. Um, my mom would be so proud because that's what she would do, too, and always recommend to me. So knock them out in one fell swoop if it's small tasks that keep adding up because, again, the small things can accumulate and suck up a lot of your time. Number 23, delegate tasks. This is one area of my business that I wish I had got on board with a whole lot quicker. Um especially because of finances and everything, I was really scared to delegate tasks and felt like I had to do everything myself. And delegating is incredibly helpful because it not only saves you time, it saves you stress. Um, And a lot of times when you delegate certain tasks, you end up being able to spend your time on things that are gonna make you money and you end up bringing in more income. It's kind of a scary step because when you're outsourcing, you're kind of putting your trust in. Whatever you're outsourcing, um, taking up, you know, somebody else is taking the time to do it, and you're freed up to make more money. But in order to make more money, you need to be delegating and not spending your time on tasks that someone else could be doing. Um, so I wish that I had brought on an assistant a lot faster. I wish I had outsourced legal. Um, things a lot faster. So think about tasks that don't require your touch. I realized I was spending a lot of time setting up posts and, um, replying to emails and and doing all of these things that could be done by someone else who could do them a lot better than I could. um, and just take them off my plate so that I could spend time writing new content, working on client work, the things that only I could do. So what are the things that only you can do? And what are the things that you're doing that anyone could do? Um, I would recommend starting to write down your tasks. Maybe keep a Google Doc or a place in your planner. As you come across tasks that you're like, this doesn't need my touch. Anybody could be doing this or someone could be doing this task so much better than I could. Write it down and consider delegating it, Um, especially when it comes to branding, when it comes to your contracts and legal stuff. To me, that is so scary. I am happy to hand it off to an attorney or a bookkeeper or someone who could do that a lot better than I could. so think about that as you move forward in your business and as you continue to grow outsourcing and delegating will be huge in your business Um, i'm hoping to do another lchat on hiring and bringing on help soon um, and explore this in a little bit more detail and even bring my assistance on so if that's something you're interested in stay tuned that'll be coming up in the next month and number 24 is to plan tomorrow today um, before I leave my my desk for the day and I'm finishing up, hopefully around 5 o'clock, I'm trying to get better about that, I try to go ahead and plan the next day. I try to map out what are my top three priorities or going to be um, I clean up my desk I clean up my desktop I go ahead and get everything in order so that when I start in the morning I can hit the ground running and I don't have to try to plan everything out I can kind of be thinking through what needs to be tackled um, the next day I just it's like laying out your clothes for work the next day or packing your lunch the night before it just saves so much mental space when you wake up in the morning you don't have to think about it um, so plan out tomorrow, today. Go ahead and take, it care, take care of it at the end of your work day. Set some goals for yourself the next day so you can just dive right in instead of wasting time in your morning routine. Um, so I'm going to run through this list one more time before diving into questions. If you came across any questions, feel free to leave them in the question section and I'll get through as many as I can before time runs out. So number one was to schedule social media. Through something like Buffer, Meet Edgar, Co Schedule. Two, push one post out to several platforms on social media. Go ahead and write one post and share it on Facebook and Twitter, maybe even Instagram. Number three, close out of browser windows. Don't be distracted every time you see an email pop up or um, a new notification on Facebook. Go ahead and close out of your browser windows. Number four, disable phone notifications. It can be so distracting. Um, So go ahead and take off notifications for social media, email, and that sort of thing. There's also an option on your desktop. Um, Here is my cat right behind my shoulder, jumping up on my chair. Um, Knock her off. All right, there's an option on your um, computer, at least for Mac users. If you see a little hamburger menu in the top right corner, if you click it and kind of scroll down a little, there's a Do Not Disturb option. So a lot of times during my work... um, I can see notifications pop up on my screen, especially if they're text messages from family and friends usually. I can um, turn off notifications so that I can really focus on what I'm working on. Number five, point inquirers to your FAQ page. If you receive a lot of form submissions about the same topics, go ahead and combine your FAQ page and your contact page. Encourage people to read through your FAQs before they reach out to you, and it'll save time on both ends. Number six, utilize canned responses. Go ahead and write up a form reply for those popular questions that you get asked in your inbox, and that way you can copy and paste it and customize it just a little and send it off. It'll save you so much time. Number seven, boomerang emails. Control when you're sending emails and receiving them. Boomerang allows you to um, schedule your emails and boomerang them to come back in your email Um, at whatever time you want them to appear number eight send short concise emails you don't have to write a book um, just make them short and sweet and to the point number nine prevent long email chains by setting up a meeting if you find yourself writing um, an email for 30 minutes to a client maybe it's more helpful to jump on a 10-minute phone call you can probably communicate a lot better that way too Number 10, implement the two-minute rule. If you can reply to an email in two minutes or less, go ahead and take care of it. If not, you might choose to wait until you can really dive into your inbox and reply. Number eleven, set time limits on meetings. Instead of setting a meeting for two, set it from two to two thirty. Put it put bookends on your meetings. Number 12, set expectations through setting parameters on meetings. Outline what you're going to cover in the meeting. um, Tell whoever you're meeting with what what they can expect so that you aren't just aimlessly talking and so that you make sure that you get everything covered. Number 13, schedule calls during travel times. If you have a layover or a long commute, schedule calls during that time so you can multitask which we talked about a minute ago, but in this case I feel like it's a little bit a little bit easier especially if it's a layover. Number 14, create templates. Things like blog post graphics, content that you're writing, client homework. Create a template so you don't have to recreate it from scratch every time. Utilize workflows, number 15. Workflows allow you to work really efficiently. When you're following the same process again and again, you're going to get faster and better at it the more you do it. So map out your workflows in something like Trello or Asana, even Google Docs or Evernote, and you'll find yourself working um, much faster and much more efficiently. Number 16, create an editorial calendar. If you're creating content a lot, whether it's through your blog, mailing list, um, whatever it might be, webinars, podcasts, create an editorial calendar for it. Come up with a list of topics, map it out in your schedule. And that way you can batch tasks like blog post graphics and um, outlines and things of that nature. Number 17, focus on one task at a time. Again, multitasking um, it inhibits your or it cuts back on your productivity by 40%. So consider focusing on one task at a time. 18, utilize time blocking, uh, set a time limit for your tasks, and try to get them done in that amount of time. Again, it's kind of like playing a little beat the clock game. Number 19, 19, utilize time tracking through an app like Toggle. You might be surprised by how much time you're actually spending on tasks as opposed to what you're estimating, um, how much time you're estimating spending on tasks. Number 20, conquer your least favorite task first. Go ahead and get it out of the way so that you can look forward to the other tasks that you're more excited about. Number 21, use a project management system, Asana, Dubsado, Basecamp, something along that nature to help manage your workflows and all of your tasks. Number 22, batch tasks and errands. Small tasks can can add up and distract you and cut into your more important focused work time, so go ahead and try to just get them all done in one fell swoop. Number 23, delegate tasks, things that don't require your touch, Um, can often be delegated and done better than the things that you need to be focusing on. So consider what tasks can be delegated. And number 24, go ahead and plan for tomorrow, today. Um, Set your top priorities. Get everything cleaned up and ready for a productive workday tomorrow. So those are my 24 time-saving hacks. um, And I'm going to jump into your questions and try to answer as many of them as I can in the next 13 minutes. So here we go. Jessica asks, when you're starting out and running your business single-handedly, how do you stay on top of social media, blogging, and an email list, as well as client work? I feel that social media is a full-time job in and of itself these days. Any advice on a well-organized management system for the above? Yes, so scheduling social media will be so helpful for you. Buffer, like I said, um, co-schedule, Meet Edgar, super helpful for taking care of social media. Blogging in an email list, I think um, scheduling out what you're going to be sharing. I love using Asana for that and Asana boards. I every week map out the content, set subtasks on it. So um, I'll say these are the blog posts that need to be written um, and I have subtasks for outline it write it, edit it, set it up and schedule it. And I try to batch those tasks. So if I'm going to outline one blog post, I might as well go ahead and outline three to five blog posts in one sitting and get it all done. If I'm going to create graphics for them, create them all in one sitting instead of just doing one at a time. And then I like to time block. So um, try to set aside time and I found it really helpful to be consistent with the day of the week. So Monday, Monday evenings, you might Um, If you're working on your business part-time and on the side, you might set aside a few hours, maybe from 6 to 9, on just blogging and getting all of your blog posts done or um, your blog posts and your emails done. So just create. I found when I was working on Ellen Company part-time, just creating some consistency at night and on weekends, blocking out that time and trying to get as much done, playing that beat the clock game. Um, But as much as you can automate and batch as possible, go ahead and do that. I think that's extremely helpful. I found that extremely helpful. So I hope that's helpful for you too, Jess. Thank you um, for tuning in with your question. Suzanne says, I fall in the time-consuming trap of thinking I get better at my own business game by looking to others in the industry. And I do get better from inspiration inspiration, blog posts, great webinars, etc., from others? No doubt. But how do I find an, an ideal balance of spending time being educated and inspired by others and spending time working on my own business? And that's a great question, Suzanne, because I feel like continued education and learning is huge in business. And it's something that I need to spend more time on, actually. Um, I would say Put, set aside time. So whether it's an hour every week or 30 minutes every week, or maybe 15 minutes each morning reading blog posts, idea blog posts, and getting ideas and inspiration um, from a book or online, do it. I tried to make a practice of, before we moved, we just moved a month ago to South Carolina, but before we did that, I'm trying to get back in a routine. Um, It's been a little bit difficult. But before we moved, I was trying to get in the habit of every day after lunch reading a book dedicated toward business for 30 minutes. And I found that extremely helpful. Just go ahead and block out that time and um, focus on Ellen Company and continuing my education with that. So you might find that helpful too, whether it's 15 minutes a day or um, an hour a week or something like that to... Try to work on your own business. Things like podcasts are also really helpful. Um, not trying to put in a plug for the LChat podcast, but you know. Um, but things like that can be really helpful for listening to you while you're at the gym or cooking dinner or things like that, too. Again, that's kind of multitasking and going back on what I said. Um, but for things like cooking that don't require a lot of focus, um, that can be really helpful. So try to plan them into your day that way. Map them into your week um, so that you can stay on top of, of what's going on in your industry. Great question, Suzanne. Gloria Ann says, in terms of scheduled social media posts, Instagram, Facebook, what do you suggest for those who do things like art and hand lettering, perhaps daily or every other day, such as daily and monthly art challenges? I find that I'm not able to schedule those posts unlike blog posts that are done in advance. Um, that's a great question. If you could go ahead and, and bash that task and get it done ahead of time. Great. Um, if not, you, that might be something that you choose to do every day and that you can go and and post, um, a little thing that I need to be better about with Instagram. I usually post those at random from my phone. Um, I don't usually schedule those like we do with Facebook or Twitter, but it's something that I would love to set aside time for every week and just go ahead and get it done. Um, but yeah, as much as you can schedule out social media, do it. Um, there will be days when, when you want to post something, something comes up something new that you want to go ahead and, and share apart from a scheduler. Um, but as, as much as you can, try to schedule it. It'll save you time. Um, Suzanne says, are there free scheduling programs? Yes, I think Buffer is free up until a certain extent. Meet Edgar is probably the priciest, but it recycles content, so it's super helpful. That's what we use with Ellen Company. Um, I'm not sure about Co-Schedule and Hootsuite. It's been a while since I looked into those. If any of you tuning in live have any feedback on that, Um, Feel free to to chime in in the comments. Sheila says, "How many breaks do you take throughout the day? Do you take breaks? I used to not take breaks actually, and it'd be like three p.m. and I hadn't eaten lunch and crazy. Don't do that. Um, I like to schedule one break in the morning to kind of break up my time um, before lunch, and I like to schedule one break." in the afternoon after lunch. And I take a an hour lunch break now just to step away. I used to eat lunch in front of the computer. Not good, you'll, you'll burn out pretty quickly. I also found that um, for just time blocking and getting tasks done efficiently, breaks are huge. Because if I know that I'm taking a break at 10, I'm gonna try to get as much um, work done before 10 a.m. as possible. So those breaks are great for just um, breaking up the day and trying to get tasks done in a timely manner as well. Um, And it's usually like a 15-minute break um, in the morning and a 15-minute break in the afternoon, maybe a little bit longer, and then an hour-long lunch break. Great question. Suzanne says, how does Trello and Asana work differently? Asana is more of a project management system, so you can um, assign tasks and look at a calendar. And Trello, you can kind of do that. Trello, I've found to be really helpful for just organizing information, um, brainstorming, that sort of thing. I honestly don't use Trello anymore because Asana has all of those features and more. Um, So I tend to use Asana now more than I do with Trello, especially now that Asana has, boards, just like Trello. Um, Elizabeth says, what's Toggle? So Toggle is a time tracking um, app and it's free. Um, You can set different categories for your time. So I have a category for design clients. I have a category for coaching clients. I have a category for blogging, newsletters, L chats. And I haven't been as good about this lately, but I need to. Um, I just log on to Toggle. And it has a little timer I choose the category um, and I just click start to track my time so to see how much time I'm spending on each area of my business and it's really eye-opening because um, I saw I was spending way too much time in my inbox I was spending more time on my inbox than any other task, and so it showed me that I needed to delegate that task or come up with better systems for handling my inbox just through tracking my time with toggle there's other time trackers out there too but I've really enjoyed using toggle I feel like it's very easy to use. Um, It's actually T-O-G-G-L is how you spell it. Um, So yeah, I hope it's helpful for you guys. Um, And Yale asks, I've found that since I started taking on clients for my VA biz, it's been much harder to invest time into my blog because I'm so busy investing time into everyone else's. I can see how that would be difficult. What do you suggest for balancing client work and your own personal business growth? Um, this is really hard, and I found myself. My husband is very business-minded and extremely helpful when it comes to Ellen Company, and um, especially in the beginning of my business, I um, I found myself putting so much time and effort into client work. But something that Jake would tell me is, Lauren, if you don't focus on blog posts and newsletters and um, that kind of content, you're not going to have any clients to work with. You're you're going to be out of out of luck with clients. So it is really hard to balance. I probably spend half my time doing blog posts, newsletters, that sort of thing, and half my time pouring into design work and um, and courses. Um, and that might seem crazy, but it's really paid off my business, especially if I want to go, if I want to do more courses and passive income and less. Um, one-on-one client work. So it depends on your goals too, but I think um, spending like a third of the time focusing on your own personal business growth and two-thirds of the time um, doing client work is, is probably a good balance. Um, it may seem a little crazy at first and maybe even a little selfish with your time. It's not. Um, that The marketing aspect is what's going to keep your business growing and keep clients coming in the door. Um, so great question. All right. Well, we're coming up on the time, and we're out of questions. I hope that this L Chat was really helpful for you, you guys. Um, in the comments, whether you are tuning in live or catching the replay later or listening to the podcast, come back to this webinar um, window and share your helpful time-saving hacks. There's definitely more out there that I would love to hear about, um, and so. We might even include those in the show notes as well. So feel free to share them with the Ellen Company community um, through these webinar comments. Thank you all so much for tuning in today and taking the time out of your week um, to spend listening to El Chat. Next week's is going to be really good. Um, I'm sharing how I was able to grow my client waiting list to 250 prospective ideal clients. Um, so if you're trying to grow your client list and are hoping to create a waiting list um, of prospective clients in the future to work with you, go ahead and sign up for that LCHAT. It, you can go to ellencompanydesign.com LCHAT, or if you're tuning into the webinar, you can click on my um, my profile whether it's in the comments it should be somewhere on this screen um, you can click on it go ahead and follow along with this crowdcast account so you can keep up with future L chats and then you can head on over to next week's L chat and go ahead and register Thank you all again. I hope you have a great remainder of the week. best wishes with saving time and I hope to see you in another L chat very soon. Bye guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to the LChat Chat podcast. For show notes, a replay of the original live stream, slides, and more, head on over to ellencompanydesign.com slash L Chat. Hope you'll join in again soon.